This episode of Shaking Spears was sponsored in part by the UJ Student Marketing Department. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Uh, something that I wanted to ask of both of you, um, because this has been argued uh, academically, and I'm not quite sure that I agree with it. I th- um, but um, let's just put the question out there first. Is this the central turning point in the play for Hamlet? Because he has decided on his plan of action to play the, mur- uh, the murder of Gonzago before Claudius and see if that elicits a reaction. And in a weird way, um, it's the first real action he is taking beyond pretending to be mad. Um, and then there is the argument of, is he pretending to be mad or has he actually lost the plot? Um, so leaving that one aside. So is this the turning point in the play for him as a character where we start to see more of him actually working towards a goal more of him actually working towards the end of dethroning claudius exposing claudius um i don't know who'd like to go first uh i don't i don't know that i agree that this is the turning point i think it is it is fortuitous that the players are here and he can use it to his benefit i believe that his turning point is when he sees the reaction of his uncle to the play. So a couple of scenes on, yeah. A couple of scenes on. When the play is happening, yes, he may have asked for a particular play for a certain reason, but his turning point is seeing the reaction. The king rises, lights, lights away. That's exactly it. And that that is, again, that is for him. He has then decided, okay, this is true. What the ghost has told me is true. I know what I must do. Right. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it is. Uh, it would be not incorrect to assume that Rogan Peasant Slave is a turning point. Um, that the that the the player king delivering as Rowan Bartlett so beautifully does does it. Um, that that uh, monologue is astonishing. Um, that that would have untapped something. Do you know what I mean? It's kind mm-hmm. of opened up something. Shook something. Uh, it was a little bit of therapy. Yeah. Cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, I agree with Brian. It all would have come to naught if, if it hadn't played out the way it did. Um, if Claudius was unmoved by it and just clapped and said, well, well done, Johnny D. Um, I, so it goes exactly to what we've been saying all along in this last hour is, is Hamlet's inaction he made a decision in Rogan Peasant Slave. Um, and so that was the beginning of something that came into fruition. Um, but in that moment, because he doubts himself all the time and he doesn't want to use the antics and the tricks of the people that he disrespects. Um, <sighs> Sorry, I'm not being eloquent. But, no, no, no. Um, I, feel, I feel like you're driving towards it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for, for Hamlet to take on, to do, uh, you know, things that undermine his morality and all of that would be to be a Claudius. He doesn't want to do that. So that's a whole lot of the second guessing and the and the inaction. 
Um, And he makes this decision to put the extra lines into the play and it works for him. And that release must be immense. Um, I think, you know, sorry, that brings about a very good point. In all the way through Hamlet, he questions everything. He questions his own beliefs. He questions his decisions. Mm-hmm. He questions his uh, his actions, his inactions. He questions all of that. In his desperate um, longing to be right, he questions everything because he yeah. doesn't want to make the wrong decision. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, no, I, I truly, truly believe that. He's, Who would have thought the man who's been playing it for own... several years ah. has a grasp on the character? <laughs> We're really professional here at Think Theatre, folks. Sorry, I, I just I got so excited and I couldn't actually, you know, um, yeah. express it. But you, that's exactly exactly what I was trying to that's say. A, um, he's grown up in a in a, Protest, uh, a Protestant country, which tells him that there are no such that people don't come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. You know, once they're dead, they mm-hmm. go to heaven, they go to hell. They, they, that's it. But then he is confronted with a ghost, which already questions his beliefs. This ghost is telling him something, uh, speaking of all sorts of illicit things going on. And, and he doesn't want to make the wrong decision because he doesn't now. Now he's sitting in a position where he doesn't really know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. yeah. So don't just go ahead and do that because mm. you may be wrong. Mm. The ghost might have told you something, but maybe it's not a ghost. Maybe mm. it's the devil. Uh, I don't even know if I believe the in the devil. Thing. Yeah. What if it's there mm. to tempt yeah. you off the side of the cliff? It's Yeah, mm. yeah. So all of his inaction is to make sure that he is choosing the right action. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it all blows up in his face because then toward the end, he starts doing rash things out of, mm. out of um, passion. Yeah. And... The, the hiding of the wrong. body of Polonius is always one that I've personally <laughs> never understood. No, no. He's murdered Polonius. Gertrude has seen him murder Polonius. She immediately tells. And then he hides the body. Why? <laughs> What's the reasoning behind it? Is it still a continuation of the I'm mad, look at me, I'm mad I, sort of thing? I, I, I um, think that plays into his madness. For, or the, the perception of his madness time. to buy him some time, yeah. etc. But, you know, Claudius then comes through and there's some wonderful... Um, Panuri and double entendre in terms of uh, where is Polonius, not where he eats, but where he is eaten, etc., etc. But ultimately, he kind of gives it up within five minutes. You will nose him, at, but you know it's, it, is it's interesting. it is interesting. But for me, again, he didn't mean to kill Polonius, and he is remorseful. Um, but after didn't need to kill Polonius. It's an accident. He thought it was. It Claudius. is an accident. It is an accident. But he's almost euphoric at this yeah. point in terms of what has happened in the in the play within a play. The scene directly afterwards with RNG and um, yep. Horatio, he's, he is beside himself with joy. Yeah. Um, for ju- just simply for being justified in his yeah. thoughts and the things that were, the thoughts that were causing him so much trouble. Um, and he does act rashly from, from there on, pretty much. Um, yeah. And, and then it all comes crashing down, and I know this is for a later podcast, not crashing down, in a way it's beautiful, um, but sadly precedes his death, when he talks about the providence in the fall of his barrier. I was going to bring um, that in because yeah. to me personally, if I were ever to direct a production of or 
heavens forbid, play Hamlet. Um, to a note to any casting directors out there, I don't want the job. I've seen Brian on stage. It's way too many words and far, far harder work than I am accustomed to. Um, but for me, uh, and we were speaking about um, all of our mutual friend, the late Themi Venturis, who always used to say in productions, the readiness is all, which is a quote. And, and for me, that's the turning point for Hamlet, because that's the point. And obviously, it's to the, towards the end of the play. And on a meta level, we all know that the play is coming to an end. We know how the play is going to end. But for me, that's the decision where Horatio says, we can run, we can flee, we can leave all of this behind. And Hamlet says... I, I'm, I know it might be a trap. I know Claudius probably has something up his sleeve, but I'm going to see this one through. I, mm. I'm going to commit to this course of action, where when you say that he's done everything else rashly, that's the one where I don't feel that it is rash and where he's kind of come full circle and come back to that sort of Christian belief of um, there's a predestination in all of this. There's, there's, there's a divine plan that's happening. And whatever's going to play out here is going to play out and i suppose on some level i'm okay with that even should it mean my death or as it ends up my death gertrude's death laertes death claudius's death um but that's where for me that's that's the, well i don't know if it's the big turning point or just the pre-climactic moment but it's kind of that's where it's i find this i see i see the evolution of the character that's the last real beat yeah. in terms of Hamlet as a character. That's where you kind of go, this person here now, this guy could be king. The guy moping around over the death of his father in scene two, act one, scene two, maybe not. But this guy could be a king. Um, yeah, agreed. And it's kind of interesting that just as he is maybe ready to be king, and this is part of the tragedy, well done, Mr. Shakespeare, wheresoever you may be, as he's ready to be king, he's dead. And so is everybody yep. else. And therein lies the tragedy. Yep. Well done, William Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're quite good at this writing thing. Your work's persisting some 400 years on. Um, uh, right. It's not a stupid point. To coin no. a phrase from today. Not <laughs> Definitely <stupid> not. <laughs> Used under license CCBY-SA 4.0. For further information or bookings, contact Doreen at thinktheatre.co.za. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.